It's time for the Drive Stop 4 at 4. Hour number two of the drive underway. It's Fan Run Radio. Marcus Young standing by your top four at four. Brought to you this afternoon by National RX. Marcus, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, Josh Heupel and Tennessee have agreed to a new contract that is worth $9 million annually through January 2029. They announced it today that he has signed the extension. A quote from Danny White says, The results over Josh's first two seasons speak for themselves. He and his staff have energized both our football program and our fan base with an aggressive brand of football, competitive culture that creates leaders and a relentless approach to raising the bar every single day. As we mentioned earlier, the raise going an extra, I think it's, he bumped up to $5 million for last year. He's now fifth behind Saban, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Fisher, and Brian Kelly. Are we surprised that they went ahead and announced this so quickly after the season? Remember last year? They kind of held it, didn't they? Yeah, they waited till I think the season was had already started. Maybe they announced it before the pit game. Could be wrong by a couple of weeks on that. But there was a lot of speculation, like, why aren't they announcing it? And I think he announced that with all the other assistant deals. And maybe even remember the first year, he didn't – like, didn't he announce – Danny White announce all the coaches, all the deals. It was the Vitello thing. Like, we were like, when is he going to yeah. announce Tony V's new deal? And he waited, and it was just sort of like one announcement – of like a 10 announcement package almost remember so i don't remember exactly how it went down but it was it was odd i'm glad he did it this way I mean, if you have news just go ahead and drop it give football their moment in the sun and i would say you know give tony vitello his moment make that its own announcement give the women's golf coach you know her moment if if you're making that announcement i i feel like there's no real benefit i see from announcing things all at once like that but he is Banner Dan, so I shall defer to him. At number two, Bill O'Brien is leaving one emperor to join the other as he returns to the New York, uh, the New England Patriots, excuse me, as the offensive coordinator, leaving Alabama. Spent the last two seasons as the offensive coordinator under Saban. He's now back in the NFL where his career began back in 2007. Obviously, in his first stint with New England, O'Brien quickly rose to the ranks and his staff, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was he during the season that they went regular season undefeated? Yes. The Randy Moss year, uh, 07, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing him with Mac Jones. I don't know if it's going to be necessarily the best of things for them, but we'll find out. I'm a little bit surprised that I just kind of figured he would be a college head coach again and thought that that was the trajectory he was on. Maybe he just couldn't get the offer that he wanted. Maybe he wants to be yeah. an NFL head coach. I mean, he was the head coach for Houston. We saw how that pillaged and burned when he traded away all their best players. Who would you rather be an offensive coordinator for, Nick Saban in the SEC or Bill O'Brien in the NFL? I'd say Saban. Cause or uh, Belichick in the NFL. I would Saving say because you're going to have a talent advantage over everybody else. That, and you also have your, if you did something wrong, everyone's going to love you again. 
I feel like the criticism is going to be harsh. You definitely have an easier route as far to success with Alabama. I feel like just from a lifestyle standpoint, even though working for Belichick is hard, it's still going to be – you're going to have more time off. In the yeah, NFL. you don't have to recruit. Hat number three, Baylor sends the reigning champion Kansas to his third straight loss. Langston, that? Langston Love came up huge for the 17th-ranked Baylor after number nine Kansas took its only lead in a matchup of the past two national champions. The Bears went on to win 75-69 to on Monday night. Third straight loss. First time, I believe, since 04 that yep. Kansas has lost Plus, three in a row. Tying their longest skid since Bill Seff took over in 03 04. 03 04. All right, we've got uh, in a long time, like 20 Ooh. years. How about the, the Big 12? You got uh, Kansas State having an amazing year. Kansas is still good. Texas, TCU is good. On the borderline top 10, Iowa State is 12th. Baylor, freaking Baylor is like the one of the best college basketball programs the last 10 years is 17th, and they're kind of an afterthought. I mean, good grief. We thought the SEC was going to be good this year. That Big 12 SEC challenge this weekend might be a little bit harder than some of y'all thought it was going to be. And finally, at number four, heading to some MLB news. White Sox Mike Clevenger is under investigation. The starting pitcher who signed with the Chicago White Sox earlier this offseason is under investigation for violating Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. Sources told uh, ESPN Today, confirming an initial report from The Athletic. The investigation stems from allegations made by a woman, Olivia Feinstead, who accused Clevenger of physical and emotional abuse towards uh, his three children and their two mothers, herself included. Mm, baby mama drama for the White Sox. Yeah, so it, I believe at the time when it happened, he was a part of the San Diego Padres. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, the White Sox, I mean, they just fired... Tony Larusa, yeah, like a couple months ago, right? He had a DUI. Why can't they find? They had Ozzy Guillen, who was always a, a problem. Why can't they find themselves a manager who can behave himself? This is uh, some of the things. Uh, apparently, one of the things that she claimed on her Instagram account when she first revealed these accusations was it, that's always a a good way when you have a very serious domestic violence allegation. Don't call the police or a lawyer. Go to Instagram. Just just throw it out there. That's that's good. Said that uh, one of the the acts towards the child abuse was throwing quote chew spit on a screaming infant. Oh my god. Yeah. Hmm. Like he wait, he was just like screaming and the spit the spit came out of his mouth or are you like I don't think I think it kind of makes it sound like it was on purpose. That's gross. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to a, an adult. Oh, good. Good, Mark. That's, uh, that's good. Okay. You're such a good guy. I try to be. That's the bar. I wouldn't spit chewing tobacco on you. On an infant. I had someone throw a, a cigarette butt at me. That was fun. Mm. It's like one of those, it just feels very disrespectful. Like Bernard King, and then did you vow never to lose at Kentucky <laughs> again in your career? I told her that, and she was very confused. <laughs> she but was I, like, what? Thank you, Marcus. 
It's your top four at four. It's brought to you by National RX. And the Sildenafil special. You can get your Sildenafil pres- prescription now at National RX. Yeah, you can get the prescription. They've got a nurse practitioner. Her name's Amy. She's great. Uh, she's working there out of an office inside the building uh, Fridays from 9 to 4. So you can go in there. Uh, she'll ask you a couple questions. You get your Sildenafil prescription, and then you can just take it right around the corner there and get it filled right there at National RX. Sildenafil, of course, the active ingredient in Viagra. You see online retailers selling these same products for upwards of $3 a pill. Well, you can buy it locally here at National RX for just 50 cents a pill. That's right, six times less. Keep your money local here in East Tennessee at our locally owned and operated, veteran owned and operated pharmacy. Check them out on nationalrx.com and you can call down there and say, hey, I heard Russ talking about the Sildenafil thing. Uh, walk me through that and, and, and they'll, they'll hook you up. nationalrx.com. We'll go open lines this hour. If you want to jump in, you got thoughts on the Hypo Rays. You've got thoughts on Tennessee basketball against Georgia tomorrow night at the arena. We'd love to hear from you this afternoon, folks. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show. 546-8200. Let's get right back to it here. Phil is next. Good afternoon, Phil. What is that, W? What's up, Philly? How are you bearing uh, DeMarcus Young on? Doing well, thank you. Well, I don't know problem with it. I mean, it's, it's just uh, why things are done now. The that's, Rays, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much where I was at with it, Phil. I mean, I'm glad no that uh, you know if if the buyout is, and let's be honest, they're they're not going to fire him within the next year. Um, even if you had to fire him in 2024, which is unthinkable now, but you have to think of the unthinkable because it's college football. Um, it would be less than fifty million dollars, which is still a lot, but you know that's spread out over a number of years. It's not like you have to pay it all in one lump sum. I just look at these like the I don't want to be in a situation, Phil, like Kentucky is with Calipari or Michigan State is with Mel Tucker or Texas A&M is with Jimbo Fisher where you're miserable and you're you're just stuck. Yeah. Um, And I don't think Tennessee has to worry about that anytime in the near future. So from that perspective, I'm fine with it. Well, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, he's overpaid. Uh, Rick Barnes is overpaid, but all of them are overpaid sure. for and what the what the players are, are getting their fair share now, starting to some of them anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's the great reset. It's not going to happen all at once. It's we're going through a paradigm shift in college sports. It's going to take place over the course of many years. It's already started. We're still in the beginning of it, but that's the only way you get those coaching salaries to make any kind of sense is start cutting them in the players a little more. And uh, he's not going back to Oklahoma as long as Bob Stoops, a part of the University of Oklahoma athletics. I hope not. I hope not. I hope he holds a grudge. You scapegoat me back in the day. I heard he's got a a serious grudge against what was done to him over there. Very similar to the way King Johnny was treated here. Yeah, the, those type A, alpha male competitor—they don't like. 
oh, you know, I see what he was thinking at the time. Forgive and forget. No. They, they hold that grudge. They take it to the grave, don't they, Phil? Oh, yeah. That's, a, that's just part of life. Well, it's we're lucky to have Hypel here, man, because, I mean, th- this fan base has earned it through – I mean, we, we don't have to go through the list of bums that have come through here since the glory days. We all know it, but it's it's about time that Tennessee has a coach that is not only good, a winner on the field, but, you know, kind of connects with the fan base. Like, he genuinely seems to like the colors and – the tradition and and all that stuff that goes along with it. He seems happy here. I hope it continues to last. Well, the only problem is, uh, now Saban's uh, about the end of his uh, run at Alabama. Mm-hmm. But you got another problem. You got Kirby Smart, who's starting a run at Georgia. Are we going to be satisfied being second fiddle to Georgia? Probably not. But if it wasn't Kirby, it's going to be somebody else. I mean, there's always going to be a hurdle to climb, right? And well, yeah. I, I guess they're at the top of the mountain now. Maybe they don't see any hurdles to climb, but I like being in the position of chasing them and like having the conversation, how do we catch them a lot better than the conversation we've been having, which is, golly, man, I hope we can beat Vandy in Kentucky this year. hope we don't embarrass ourselves. Well, the key is the 12-team playoff. If Kyle can get in the playoff, mm. it, it don't matter if uh, – if you can't beat Georgia, uh, it's a. Uh, if you get in the playoff, then you have a good season. Right? You could win or a national, season, yeah. Really. You could win a national champion. You lose to Georgia, regular season, not even go to the SEC championship game, and still win a national championship without even having to play them again. But I think Georgia's going to dominate the SEC for the next few years because that state is loaded with more football players, probably in any state but Texas, and uh, Georgia's going to get who they want out of their own state. Well, they're set up for a run. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You're right. They've always had players down there. That's never been the problem. Like Mark Rick teams weren't lacking for talent. But he's taken yeah. it to another level. They're even more talented than they were back in those days. And and he can coach ball, man. There's no doubt about it. He's coaches a hell of a defense and he he turned over the keys to his offense to this monkey guy and it's it's paid off. He he didn't meddle like some of these other coaches. He didn't meddle but, too well, I much. I think Georgia play Alabama a year every once in a while instead of like we do play Alabama every year. You think that's gonna be rectified? Any? I mean, it it might be better than whether they played two times in the past fifteen years regular season, but. Well, I don't think Georgia's played at, at Alabama in, in 20 some years. Well, you got to keep the, the cocktail party and the oldest rivalry in the Deep South. You got to keep those things alive. That's that's their games, right? I do agree with what you're talking about, Florida. Uh, well, was it yesterday? Florida right now is going through what Tennessee's already gone through. I hope so. I, I hope, hope so. so too. Yeah. I saw we beat Georgia and Texas, and uh, I mean, it's kind of, everybody's acting like a, you know, we're not even a, a factor in basketball right now. Or is that just my feeling, or you had your guests on there it's, talking about it? I mean, it's weird, Phil. It I, it's hard to put into words, and we can explore this a little bit here. But 
see other people, you know, Wes Rucker caused a stir with, with his tweet kind of, you know, it, it's kind of the Louis C.K. thing. Everything is amazing and nobody's happy. Like yeah. Tennessee's number two and it doesn't seem like the fan base is that fired up. And you're bringing up another interesting angle, which is it doesn't seem like the the national types, the the Billises, the the Ken Palms, the Reese Davises, the who the, you know the gatekeepers, the opinion makers. It doesn't seem like they are looking at Tennessee as some sort of unstoppable force either. Well, I wonder what Utah's got to say. See, Phil always wonders what Jamie, yeah, thinks about things. Beginning to sense that as a theme with his phone calls this year. Yeah, the the basketball thing. To me, I th- I just think you have to be careful of Twitter and talk radio are not necessarily representative of reality. No. Like if you go to that arena tomorrow night, there's going to be about fifteen to 17,000 fans in there, I-, I would think. Maybe a little more. I don't know. Maybe more. Maybe up closer to 20. Um, and if you just walk around the concourse, everybody would be happy. Everybody's into it. But, like, the people that will actually pick up the phone and call into a show, the people that, you know, make the hypercritical tweet that gets, quote, tweeted and shared a billion times, that it's just a minority, man. It just is. And I'm not saying they're wrong. Like, you can have whatever opinion you want to have. I'm just pointing out that those opinions get amplified so much. And the people that are just, like, really happy – with basketball and the way things are going right now, they're not as loud. They're not as vocal about it. They're doing other things during the day and, and everything. And they're going to go to the game or turn it on tomorrow night and cheer on their team. The Tennessee's going to win probably, and they're going to be happy about it. And then they're going to go on to the Texas game. But in between that, right, there's a, a a vocal minority of fans that are going to be you know compare oh it's not as good as the 2019 team or they don't have a go-to guy or Barnes isn't good enough offensively or Barnes isn't good enough in the tournament so none of this really matters because we're going to lose in March Madness there's going to be that conversation that gets amplified and it's not going away it's just Baked into the cake at this point. I like that phrase, baked into the cake. That's yeah. really kind of taken off in the sports landscape. Have you noticed? A, a little bit. Um, the last thing you mentioned, the what does it matter because he's gonna we're gonna get knocked out the first week in March. Um, I, I don't I don't know what to tell those folks. <clears throat> I mean, I, they aren't even allowing themselves to enjoy a, to enjoy the regular season. It reminds me of that Mitch Hedberg joke where he says, you know, uh, somebody told me they don't drink red wine because they get a headache. And he's like, yeah, at the end of it, but the beginning and middle parts are awesome. Yeah. Like that's two-thirds of the process there. Why, why would you not do something just because of what happens at the end? It's like, yeah, the, the March thing is – a kind problem. Yes, yeah, <laughs> kind of a thing. We we all ad, ad, admit it. But that's like that, that always boils down to one game. Everything leading up to that one game that we inevitably lose is pretty good. Pretty damn good. I don't know. I like being in the top five. 
year in and year out. Yep. Just got to keep knocking on the door, man. I yep. say I've been saying it for years. I know. I know. We've been knocking. We're going to keep knocking. That's all you can do, man. Mm-hmm. That's not all you can do. You could fire your Hall of Fame basketball you, you, coach. You could, you could fire Rick Barnes. You could call him at the office and say, Rick, we really like you, man. It's just not working out. We're going to let you go. We're going to go in a different direction. And then it's like, okay, what direction are you going to go in? It could work out. I'm sure you'd have a laundry list of really well-qualified applicants for the job. And maybe you hire somebody better. Maybe you do. Maybe you hire somebody who's just as good. Same thing. Like, good program. Can't win in March. Maybe you hire somebody who's not as good. That's the most likely scenario. Maybe you hire somebody you think is going to be good, and it just isn't. Rick Barnes has set a high standard here, man. Saw what happened with Texas. You don't want to hire a guy who gets arrested in a wife-beating scandal and forced to fire him. I mean, that surely wouldn't happen. But the point is, why take the chance? Rick Barnes might do a lot of things. He might lose tomorrow night to Georgia. Might lose to Texas this weekend. Might lose in the NCAA tournament before you think he should. Those, those are all things that could happen. Tell you what's not going to happen. You scrolling your Twitter feed, going on Facebook, or picking up your newspaper tomorrow morning, if you're still doing that, and fighting the headline, Rick Barnes arrested spousal abuse. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Zero percent chance. It's not going to happen. So you got that for going for you, which is good. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the show this afternoon. 546-8200, if you want to chime in on the Big Orange Phillies phone line, stay with us. We're back with more right after this. The Docket, brought to you by Fox and Farmer, the Car Rack Pro Attorneys. 49ers defensive lineman Charles Amenahu arrested on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence today. Amenahu is booked at the Santa Clara County Jail and released after he posted bail. He's also served with a restraining order. Police arrived at his residence 4.39 p.m. local time yesterday after a woman called to report that Amenahu, who is her boyfriend, pushed her to the ground during an argument. No visible injuries were observed on the woman who did complain of pain in her arm but declined medical attention. The case will be submitted to the Santa Clara Clara County District Attorney's Office for possible charges. 49ers say they're aware of the matter and are in the process of gathering further information. 25-year-old Texas grad is a key member of the 49ers defensive line rotation. He's got four and a half sacks this season. Also had two sacks and a forced fumble in their wildcard victory over the Seahawks last week. Played 15 snaps in the game against the Cowboys. Injured his oblique, but he was able to return to the game. So uh, his status kind of up in the air for the trip to Philly this weekend. Hmm. Interesting to see if he plays. Yeah, it's, you know, they had an argument. She says that he pushed her to the ground. Not good. Not condoning that. 
She doesn't have any visible injuries. Like, at what point does it become an assault? Legally? Yeah. I think when he shoved her. Just when you put if your he hands on her. her. Yeah. It feels to I, I don't know. Am, am I being chauvinistic? Am I, like, sweeping mm, little bit. under the rug if I say, look, if, if he pushed you down, you get a restraining order, like, what are we like? Maybe you find the guy or something. You, you split up or something. But should he be taken to jail? Should he? Should should he miss a football game? Miss work? Bad? Uh, am, I, am I in a minefield out here on my own? You pull me back in if I. I, I mean, like I. We differentiate between this and like. You know, uh, Mike Tyson's wife shows up with like a black eye. Sure, like that's totally different, right? Or at least a little bit different. I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to have some room for nuance, man. Like I understand. Okay, legally speaking, I don't. I don't put, know that there's a whole lot of nuance to be had in domestic violence situations, is there? Absolutely, there is. I just, I just said, like, if you, you your, your wife, you, the police show up, and Chris Beard's woman has yeah. bite marks like her hair's disheveled she's been hit right like she is she's been beat up you go to a, a place and like the woman's rattled maybe emotionally or whatever but there's no visible marks yeah there's nuance i don't think there's a i i just i don't think law enforcement can they don't deal in nuance well no they deal I, in black and white either you He's presumed innocent until he's proven guilty, but, I mean, we'll see if he gets charged with it, but, I mean, by definition, yeah, if he really shoved her down, he committed assault. Well, I'm just wondering from a football standpoint, is like, is he going to be able to play against the Eagles? That's a hard one for the 49ers to have to negotiate. Meanwhile, speaking of men behaving badly, Conor McGregor, Denying allegations that he attacked a woman on his yacht last summer. Sexually or physically? Um, physically, I believe. And he's got look, these allegations starting to pile up for Conor McGregor. Yeah, he's 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 got some major league issues. <clears throat> Something about it in the fight game, boxing too. I mentioned Mike Tyson. Like, for some reason, the fighters can commit horrible crimes against women Mm -hmm. and it doesn't like hurt their popularity at all like people love mike tyson (laughs) he's a woman beater and a convicted rapist and he's like america's grandfather now mike tyson conor mcgregor like these things are starting to pile up and he is like generation whatever uh slotnik here generation they all want to be conor mcgregor they all want to walk in there at the gorilla tattoo on their chest, just swaggering around. Doesn't sound like he's a very nice guy. Newspaper in Spain released a port today uh, with allegations from an Irish woman that the UFC superstar punched her and threatened her to, uh, to drown her at a party. Wow. Back on his boat in July. Let's see. Uh... Trying to figure out he has the the other allegations. This report doesn't cite it, but I feel like these 
I know that there's at least one other one, and then there are like bar fight allegations and stuff. And he was caught on camera tossing one of those huge metal dollies at a bus. And ended up like a couple of fighters on that bus had to miss their fights because they were all cut up. He's, he's, he's a nut. Definitely a nut. That is the docket. It's brought to you by Fox and Farmer, the Car Wreck Pro attorneys. Appreciate their support and sponsorship of the show. Remind you, if you end up injured in any kind of an accident, you need legal representation. Call on Fox and Farmer. Set up a free, no obligation consultation. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Their number is 531 865 531 9400. And they are online at Fox and Farmer. Dot com. Tell them Fan Run sent you. Fox and Farmer. Our number, if you want to get on the show, 865-546-8200. 546-8200. If you want to chime in the festivities tonight. <clears throat> yeah, so the uh, 2019 team versus the 2023 team basketball debate that has been raging on Vol Twitter is is pretty interesting. And people get so fired up about it. I would, like, on the surface of it, if you're asking me which team is better, I would probably say, oh, the Grand Admiral team, like, without a doubt. Like, that team is dominant. Multiple guys in the NBA. Won an SEC regular season championship the year before. Were robbed of one by Will Wade's cheating team the next year. Like, two-time player of the year, Grant Williams. Like, there's no doubt about it. But then you look at the numbers. And this year's team, as it stands now, and as it stood, like if you go back, Will Warren pulled these numbers uh, where if like at the same time in 2019, this year's team is rated higher according to uh, the almighty Ken Palm adjusted efficiency metric. And, of course, it remains to be seen how far they'll go. But the record is very good. They're killing people. They're ranked in the top five. They are number two in uh, the Kimpom, the net rankings, and all this stuff. There's certainly an argument to be made. And if you're asking me, like, if those two teams played, who would win? I don't know. I think it would be a good game. The 19 team wasn't very good defensively. I think we ranked. They were, like, in the 50s, I think, I defensive think efficiency. I think it was, like, 70s. Hmm. I think that's what the, they were better the boys that. this morning were talking about. I don't know if that's – from Will coming from Will, something they read, but yeah, I don't know that nineteen year. Our the front end of our we were front loaded. Feels like our the front end of our SEC schedule that year was a lot tougher than what this team, what this year's schedule's been. Well, when you go through the into it too, you go through the positional matchups, and like just starting at point guard, like Ziegler versus Bone to me, is is kind of a wash. Um, Bowden or uh, Turner, that, that's the other thing. It's like, what is the starting lineups? Like, uh, uh, there was a little bit of wiggle room there, right, for yeah. both teams. But um, we'll say Lamonte against uh, Vescovy. i got to get the edge to Vescovy. Um, if we're going Admiral – Versus Phillips, see that's a hard one, man. Because Admiral, Did you see where Phillips is ranked right now. 
On as what? far as freshmen, like I'll have to look it up. I think I bookmarked it. There's only one freshman in the country that's playing better than him. That's a kid from Alabama, and he's the eight eighth ranked player. Let me pull it up in the nation, regardless of class. He's like having a uh, really good year. I, I would again. My initial gut reaction, I test, is that Admiral in 2019 was a better player than Phillips is right now. Now, Phillips is has a higher ceiling, and maybe by the time March rolls around, I could see a scenario where Julian Phillips is playing better in March of 2023 than Admiral Schofield was in March of 2019. I could absolutely see that. And Admiral was playing at a very high level. But right now, I would give a slight... Slight edge to um, to Admiral. Grant versus Triple J. Let's see here. This is where it gets. Are, are we going with the uh, the Urosh starting five or the starting five we saw Saturday, Saturday in Baton Rouge, which is, I believe, the starting five we will see tomorrow. I'm, I'm going with that for right now. Triple J versus Grant. Like, that's – what do you do with – like, I don't even know how to – talk about that there's such different players yeah i mean they're both versatile but you I, know. I i'll give the edge obviously to the two-time sec player of the year but it just seems like that a very strange matchup <laughs> and then alexander versus camwa i mean that's at least a wash right 19 what now i mean we pretty much say that the reason we – one of the big reasons we didn't make it, uh, we couldn't beat Sister Jean and the fellas, was because, remember, Alexander was out. He got the hit pointer in the game before it. In retrospect – and, again, I, I just I just did the, is it okay to push the woman down thing? So, I've, I've already – I've got a little leeway here. This is nearly as bad as that. I don't think it's okay to push the woman. Um, in retrospect, was that a little bit of excuse making by us as Tennessee fans? We didn't have junior year Kyle Alexander. That's Our what cost six us. foot eleven rim protector. That's what cost us to lose. To I mean, it, it definitely didn't help. I think we might make a little bit too big a deal with that. I'm calling it a wash, Marcus. Uh, Kamwa versus Kyle Alexander. Who would you rather have? Kamwa is definitely the better offensive player, right? Yeah. But in this and Kyle's bar- the better in defensive the, player. In this Barnes but, system, you like that defense. Yeah, I mean, again, like we say that, oh, Kyle Alexander's obviously the better defensive team. This is the best defensive team the last 20 years of, of the Ken Palm era. Period. And not Tennessee, just college basketball. And Kamwa is unquestionably the best post player on that team. Defensively? Both. No? I Your thoughts. Eight six five five four six eight two zero zero if you want to chime in on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And then you, you get into the bench, and and people will say the depth of, of that team versus this one. Um, Bowden coming off the bench, Fulke, Pons coming up. 
was pretty good. It was pretty good back in the day compared to Urosh, Tyreek, Key, Adu. I would actually give the the depth advantage to them. To the twenty yeah, the twenty nineteen team. Yeah, yeah, Mayshack and Awaka. But those three, Bowden, Fulkerson, and Ponds, would be better than the five this year has, in my opinion. <clears throat> so, again, like, uh, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. I think it remains to be seen. A lot of this, we'll see how this team finishes up. They've got some big games coming up, including one on Saturday, Alabama coming in here. Uh, Arkansas, two games with Auburn, and then obviously postseason play. But uh, right now, like I, I, I'm kind of straddling that fence. We could put the pole in the field here this afternoon, but we want to hear from you. Which team are you taking? The 2019 team, the 2023 team, 865-546-8200, your number to get on board. Stay with us. It's The Drive. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. 865-546-8200, your number to get on board here this afternoon. Barry, you said something during the break, kind of caught my ear. You know, you said, well, the 2019 team was a fan favorite. You know, they're so likable. And it's true. I think this team, A, is very likable too. Yeah. I also think that it works against them, the previous team's NCAA tournament failures. I, I think that there's a lot of fans. No, again, I see I keep doing that. There, there's a we vocal minority of fans yeah. that are anticipating the worst in the postseason. And we've since we've already done this recently, so that 2019 team had that like four-week unbeaten run where we were number one for like an entire month and we had we've already had that. You had a conference championship. You've had the tournament champ, the SEC tournament championship. You've had player of the year. Like you've had the players in the pros. We we've had we've dotted all these eyes, crossed all these T's. Everything except the tournament. And so I think that the haters, the Barnes bashers, whatever you want to call them, are sit there saying, eh, we we've seen this before. We've seen this, and, and that's totally not fair. But it's I think that's what's, well, what's happening. What's the stat? Only. Tennessee has only made it, uh, I think, to the Sweet 16 seven times. Yeah. So it's, but, it's not like this is a new phenomenon just to Rick Barnes. I mean, if this team played in 2019, and, and you had, you know, I'm going to men in black uh, zap your memory yeah. here, you had never heard the name Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, you, like you didn't know who those guys were. We would be geeking out so hard, and, and we should be. Some of us are. We'd be geeking out. Oh, oh my God, Zakai Ziegler. Vescovy, crazy old Urosh over there. You know, like people would be loving this team. The way they just absolutely can smother people defensively. I, I get a, I don't know. I, I'm different. I think that's pretty cool. We can just throttle people uh, defensively. Let's get John Tweet in here. Tweet, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. Hello. Hello. That's that. 2019 team couldn't defend the three-point line. You remember that? They couldn't they against Purdue. About 80, <laughs> they they averaged about like 82 or 83 a game, if I remember right. 
Yeah, and I could just see uh, John, like Santiago. Uh, there's like at least three guys on our team that would be salivating to to play a team that just does not guard the three the way that bunch did. It's weird too because uh, that team had they had Kyle as a rim protector. Yeah, like Grant and Admiral were not lazy. Mm-mm. Bone and uh, and Bowden no, and Lamonte were all really they, good they athletic guards. Like it's not like they were lacking yeah, they, for intensity or talent or anything like that. No, I, 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 I Bowden's about three times the athlete Piscovy is. Bowden was a freak. He was just I'll a give freak you that. athlete. Yeah. But then I why? Then why is why is this the better uh, perimeter team though? I I don't. Maybe because they have to be. I'm not sure. I just, or maybe you know how they were defending at that time. It also depends if you're going to let them sit here and clutch and grab like they did. I mean, you just you know, it's hard to hard to look at it. These guys are allowed to grab people, and I think there was some of that freedom of movement stuff had started back then, and then they went away from it. I, I can't remember the timing of it all, but. These guys, they just grab all over. I mean, it's it's what's allowed, so they do it. But I don't. Jordan Bones, he's got what six, six, seven inches on Ziegler. Jordan Bones, another. He was a freak athlete too. That, that guy was. He was a freak. Would who would you rather have? Slower than Zig at point. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I. Bone Bone had like a three and a half to one turnover ratio his senior year. He did not like by the time he was a senior that year, he didn't turn the ball over at all. I mean, he rarely turned it over. I don't. He he didn't. I don't. I think Ziegler probably shoots it better. I would say, but Bone was a fairly good defender at that time. I just yeah. that'd be the only one I'd take every. I don't know if anybody else from this team would start on that team, I guess. It would be my sense, sense of it all. I Somebody tried to – I heard. think I thought I heard somebody saying something about Alexander. Alexander's – or Adu being a far superior athlete to Alexander. I don't think that's correct at all. Neither do I. Alex, yeah, Alexander's a very good athlete. I mean, he's still playing in Europe. I think Adu – I think Alexander is a better athlete. I think Adu better is probably a better – He's got super long arms. I know the coaches love him, his defensive intensity. He's obviously got a better shot. Although Kyle hit a Kyle hit a couple of shots in his career. Kyle was great from the foul line too. He had a good little jump. I just don't think they needed him to do it. I mean, he he always he was really good at the free throw. Not really good, but he was pretty good at the free throw line. But but here's the here's the conversation we're having though. Tweet is we're taught we're comparing the the starter on the 2019 team to like the eighth guy off the bench on this year's team. I, I'm trying to think too. I I don't think you'd have Phillips Phillips check Grant. I think you'd probably have Triple J check him. Yeah, that's what we said. I like I'm just not sure where you probably put. You probably have Phillips Admiral on Bowden. If Phillips on Admiral. That would maybe that'd be there's where you're if, if bounds. I mean, that's the three versus three matchup. I'm not saying it's good either way, but I mean, that's how it would go. Weird fits. I, I don't know. Different you, teams, you yeah. Me, yeah. Uh, 
it's like comparing the Bulls to the to the Warriors. You know, the Bulls back just, in the day, the Warriors. It's like the matchups just don't work because the styles are so different. Slay's team would have – Slay's team, the one that lost to UNC, they they would have beat both of these teams. I think it, probably by about 10 to 12, both of these teams. The team that with Tony team, Harris, Yarborough. That team was that super team deep was because that, that was Slay's freshman year. and he, I mean, he was just – I think it was that. Yeah, they lost to UNC. That team was really, really good. I mean, I mean, just completely loaded. Oh, no doubt. That should have been a Final Four. They, they, yeah, and UNC, didn't UNC either win it that year or get into the Final Four. I was like a team with like Joe Forte, Brennan Haywood. I mean, they had a bunch of guys that played in the pros. I think they made it. Uh, they We would have played Tulsa in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I we would have coached by. <laughs> was Buzz there you know at that time? Buzz Peterson, I believe. Buzz Peterson. Yeah, yeah, we and we would have dog walked them. That that team was, they were freaks. I mean, and who? When did uh, uh, when did what do you call it come into that team? He wasn't on that team, was he? The uh, the other the other five star, the McDonald's five star we had, didn't come on until his senior year. Ended up like playing in the pros for maybe a couple games. Not Yarborough, the other one. Came in a little after Vy and those guys. Five star. Who was it? Who, who after. Might... You're not thinking of Hayslip, are you? No, not Marcus. He only played like a year or two. Yeah, was, he should. No, he should have come back. One. He he got bad advice. Went went out his uh, junior year. If he come back his senior year, I think he would have had a better chance. But um, shooting. I was a shooting guard. Oh, jeez, God, why can I not think of the name? It's slipping my mind. He played guard for us. Five star shooting guard after him. He would have been he would, one of the McDonald's All-Americans that we got off the value meal and not the true one. Come on. He had a good year for Buzz or for – No, no, no. I think he played for um, – I think he played – I can't remember. It's it's slipping my mind. We've only had but so many McDonald's All-Americans. He was one of them. He Are you came talking in. about Scooter McFadgen? No. Not no, he was a transfer. Fan. He came over from Memphis. Yeah. Uh, he might have played for – Maybe he played for Bruce Free. I, I can't remember it all. It's all it's all kind of running together for me. But I, I think that that team, Slay's team, his freshman year beats both of these teams pretty easily. I I, I think that's probably the best team we've had here. Just, you know, I guess it would also depend on who's coaching them. You got that, Uncle Jeff. That is a key piece of the and when. Yeah. And what time of year? January Rick Barnes <laughs> is far superior to March Rick Barnes. So, oh, God knows, boys. Y'all be good. See ya. Thank you. Tweet. Was he just making a guy up? I feel like I would know. Uh, I kind of felt that way because, like, you're usually I defer to you on, especially. I mean, you were over. You were going to school at that time. I feel like you'd remember somebody like that. A McDonald's All American, Scotty Hobson. I mean, that was much later. Yeah. That was the only one. I I was racking my brain trying to figure out who all we've had that were McDonald's. All We haven't had a lot of them. Kentucky's got four on next year's team, or on this year's McDonald's All-American. Hathaway's McDonald's All-American. Big Chuck. He's a beast, wasn't he? Chuck Hathaway. Is he talking about Tony Harris? He was he was good all four years. Like Tony was, yeah. was like he was just kind of what he was. But when we got knocked out of the tournament, it was because Tony went cold. That last one for sure. We lost to Oklahoma State, I believe. I believe so. 
What, who was it when he, he came off the bench? It was like a fight. Oh, that was a that was a big that was a thing. Yeah. He was injured. I think he had a cast on or something. We were playing Kentucky and there's a fight and he like ran down there in street clothes and got in it. And then Gary Lundy, God rest his soul, the news sentinel, back when like the news sentinel was a huge everybody got it, right? So I mean the major opinion makers. He wrote a column like the next day. I can't remember he called I think he called him a punk. And like Tennessee had a press conference to refute that column. Gary's like, column. How big, like Doug Dickey was up there saying, like, we do not condone. Like, yeah, it was a huge core of fluffle back in the day. Tony lost his temper. Stay with us. The drive continues. Hour number three coming up next, right here on Fan Run Radio.